Welcome back, everyone. It's been almost a month since Dad's last podcast, and I hope you've missed his stories as much as we have. Don't worry, nothing's wrong. Life just got busy, and Dad needed some time to generate some more ideas for the next few episodes. Now his production team has fallen behind in the editing of the scripts and the mixing of the audio tracks. Dad is now two episodes ahead of us. So there's lots more stories and episodes to come. Today's topic, like a number of the ideas Dad has, comes from talks that he has with other folks from Smithville and the surrounding area who have a great deal of historical knowledge. This time, the idea for the podcast comes from stories told by Murray Lampman. After listening to this episode, I have a new appreciation for what Warner's Corners must have looked like a long time ago. I can't wait to drive through there again. This time, I just might stop and try and visualize the way it used to be. I hope you enjoy this ninth episode of Dad's Hometown Memories. Welcome to the print shop and my podcast, Dad's Hometown Memories. In this segment, I want to bring some history as it was told by Murray Lantman of the former township of Caster and still residing near his hometown, Hamlet of Basingstoke. Murray spoke to the membership of the West Lincoln Historical Society on February 1st, 2018, and I was privileged to be part of the gathering and thoroughly enjoyed the presentation. And it brought back memories to, for me as editor of the Smithville Review as I, I covered a few stories of happenings over the years in these areas. Basingstoke is a little hamlet situated on Lot 9 and Lot 8 in Concession 7 at the boundary between Caster and South Grimsby Townships. It is approximately four miles west of Smithville on 20 Road. In case someone wants to visit the area, it is shown on the local maps at the corner of Short Road and Range Road 1 on 20 Road. In Murray's opening remarks, he emphasized how important it is that we record the history of these small hamlets and rem remember how important it is that the inhabitants be remembered as they were the pioneers and established not only residences, but small businesses, such as post offices, grocery stores that handled many things that were the necessities of life. He mentioned hamlets such as Caster Center, Allenville, Caisterville, Caster Corners, or Warner, Wilcox Corners, Addercliffe, Kimbo, Fulton. It was necessary in those early days of settlement that schools were important in every hamlet as students walked to school or were taken by horse and buggy. Post offices were also needed as the mail came by stagecoach from Grimsby. And the mail was by train and delivered up over the mountain to the small post offices through Caster, South Grimsby, and Gamesboro. Also worth noting that these small hamlets had hotels for travelers and other people. The people who operated the stagecoach would often have to stop overnight. July 1st, 1882, James Heslip, a shoemaker on the south side of the road, was appointed the first Basingstoke postmaster. In 1893, the post office was moved to the north side of the road where Jonas F. Merritt, operated a general store. By 1899, mail delivery became daily. In 1906, it was moved to the store operated by Robert Quinlan. The post office closed in 1914. 
In the early 1900s, R. Hawkinstone operated a general store in the community, and just north of the store, Mr. Clow was a cabinet maker. Farms were established, and some of the early descendants were Butcher and McClinchy. The story goes that about a mile east of Basingstoke, where the 20 road and another road join, there used to be a very large bomb of killed tree, which was a natural landmark. Native Indians always came in the spring to pick the buds which they used for medicinal purposes on the bomb of Gilead salve. The closest hotel to Basingstoke was located 1.5 miles west. John Kelly was the first operator. In later years, Philip Peer was the owner, and he lived there and operated a tavern. William Lampman was a resident in this area. The Quinlan property was sold to H. Lanbra. In the later years, it burned. The decline in a beating soak with all its small businesses such as shoemaker, two stores, a post office, and a cabinet maker was felt when the post office closed. There is only history left as there is no physical evidence and the new people who live there are not aware of the community. Center is situated on the corner of Regional Road 65 and 6 and is almost the center of the township. It too was a thriving village of two general stores, two sawmills, a grist and feed mill. The post office was established in 1884 and was opened by William Neville at his store. Thomas Lavery and his brother John followed as the next postmasters and served from 1887 to 1904 in their residences. In 1904, D.P. Ort bought the Tallman business and established the post office in the store. In 1915, with the closing of post offices at Basingstoke, Wilcox, Warner, and Abington, rural route deliveries were established, and they were organized through the Keisha Center Post Office. Delivery was made by horse and buggy or cutter in the winter during the early years, and it was six days a week. In 1917, Clarence Wilcox, was postmaster, then in 1922 as Frank Cooper. 1938, Norville Wilcox was appointed. Crown grants were established in this area around 1803 and most for speculation. The inhabitants started appearing in 1855, as the registry shows, and Mr. Street, Albert Lonsbury, James Lavery, and William Waite. Sam Gross operated a steam saw and shingle mill in 1864, and in later years, Jeremiah Johnson and Charlie Shurton were the operators of this mill. There were a number of sawmills in those early days in this area of the Keister. The records show that John Tallman operated the mill. Frank Hannigan, as well as James Atkinson, operated sawmills. James Wilcox operated a blacksmith shop in later years, was owned by James Colby, John Lucan, Albert Weaver, and Ernest Pettigrew. The first elementary school in Keisha Center was a log frame and later burned in 1875. It was rebuilt on the same property. The first township hall for meetings was built in 1875 on the property a half mile west of Keisha Center. In 1949, a new community center was built at Abington and the township meetings were established there. 
My recollection of residents of this area over the years were when I was editor of the Smithville Review was gleaned from columns from correspondent Mrs. Clifford Packham, who faithfully did her writing weekly. It was greatly appreciated. Other correspondents who helped make the papers interesting and supplied a, co- a column was Mrs. Clifford Parker from Fulton. We had a number of others from Grassy, St. Anne's, Wellport, Boyle, Rosedean, and other communities in between. Caster Corners, or Warner, was first established in 1854, and the Caster Corners Hotel was part of the hamlet. The designation became Warner when the first post office was established by Matthew Warner in his residence. Over the years, the village has often reverted to the name acquired from the owner of the principal business at the Corners. This is how it got the name Phoebe Ann's, the owner, Phoebe Ann Martindale, hotel operator. During Prohibition, it was known as a bootlegger, according to local historians. Mail came to Warner via Canfield in early days. After Mr. Warner resigned in 1861, Charles Lester acted as postmaster only for a few months, and then it closed. According to the records, there were several postmasters, including William Brooks, Ralph Limburner, T.W. Smith, who also operated a sawmill, Jonas R. Melick, then, when the mail service lapsed, it was opened again in 1879 by Henry Porter, and this lasted until 1915, when rural mail delivery was established in the area. The SS Number 2 Keister Public School was established at this corners in 1837 on the southeast corner of the crossroads. In 1860, a new building to house the school was built. In 1917, this frame school burned and a new cement block building was built. Mrs. Clifford Packham was a teacher at this school in those early days. The Chippewa River winds through this community and according to records from that time period, a second hotel was established on the north side of the river in the second concession with known owners as Beckers and Smith and it was named Smith's Inn. There were records showing meetings being held there in 1844. The Chippewa was used both winter and summer for travel by horse and sleigh in the winter and by boat in the summer. Many travelers selling their wares passed through these communities and they needed a place to stop and eat, plus accommodation. Mr. and Mrs. James Freilich in their residence was another place for travelers to stay the night. It is thought that all the inns were closed in 1915 when other forms of transportation became available. The telephone service was established in 1912 in this area from Addercliffe to Warner to Caserville by the Dunville Community Telephone Company and later taken over by Bell. Time to close up shop now and look forward to preparing another podcast that will give you some more history of our town and township. I hope you enjoy, and until next time, we say goodbye.